0: Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. A new Flyers Daily for the 28th of October. Flyers will be back in action today at Wells Fargo Center. Matinee hockey on a Saturday in the fall. Beautiful Saturday, too. It's going to be rather warm out as the Flyers are going to take on the Anaheim Ducks. More on them in just a second. Flyers opened up a four-game homestand on Thursday against the Minnesota Wild. First game back from that two-game trip where they lost in overtime to Dallas and then in the final 33 seconds against the Vegas Golden Knights, but they come back against Minnesota. They go up 3-0 in the game, two power play goals in the second period of that game from Brink and Couturier. Head to the third with that 3-0 lead. The Minnesota comes storming back, gets within a goal, uh, but the Flyers after that take care of business, and they get a 6-2 win over the Minnesota Wilds. So certainly starting off the homestand in fine fashion. Four-game homestand, like I said. Three of the games will be in the month of October. It's Anaheim today at 1 o'clock. Carolina on Monday at 7 o'clock. And then Buffalo Wednesday at uh, 7 o'clock at Wells Fargo Center. Then they'll head to Buffalo uh, for a home-and-home with the Sabres. But up today, it is the Anaheim Ducks. Flyers Daily is presented by Ticketmaster. Make more Memories live. And also this season, Flyers are teaming up with Penn Medicine for the Penn Medicine assist. For every Flyers assist this season, Penn Medicine and the Flyers are going to be donating 30 pounds of food to local communities in need. So we'll like to see a lot of assists today as the Flyers take on the Ducks. What's the deal with the Ducks? Well, here you go. The Anaheim Ducks right now come in in the fourth spot in the Pacific Division of the Western Conference. Seven games played, a record of three, four, and oh. They have six points. Top team in that division is Vegas, for example, at 7-0-1. And uh, the Anaheim Ducks are minus two in goal differential. Two and two on the road coming off a win in their last game uh, in Boston. Um, they're a team that's got a lot of young talent, trying to put it together under a new head coach. Uh, that head coach is trying to get you know, players like Trevor Zegers to be more responsible all over the ice instead of just an offensive player. Uh, they've won their last two games both on the road. They beat Columbus 3-2 to in overtime. Then they beat the Boston Bruins 4-3 to in overtime in that one. What's the deal with the Flyers? Uh, glad you asked. Here you go. Flyers coming off that win against Minnesota. Right now, the Flyers sitting in the second spot through seven games in the Metropolitan Division of the Eastern Conference. A record of four, two, and one. They've got nine points. They're one point back of the Rangers, who have also played seven games. Flyers are three and oh at home. Nice to see the home ice advantage. And they are my, or excuse me, plus six in gold differential. And they're coming off that win over the Minnesota Wild. So the Anaheim Ducks, like I said, they've got some good young talent, some uh, high marquee type players. And obviously, Trevor Zegers is one of those guys. And uh, we'll see how. You know, he fares under this new coach that wants to preach some defense. But leading the way for the Anaheim Ducks right now in points is Ryan Strome. He's got a goal and six assists, seven points, point per game right now. Frankie vertrano has got six points, five of them goals, only one on the power play. Mason McTavish has six points. Troy Terry's got five. Uh, and Leo Carlson played in three games. And I think we've heard the term when it comes to Leo Carlson already of load management. I don't know if it's their traditional load management of the NBA where you're not, I think it's more young player. Don't overwhelm him. Play him. Put him up in the press box. Let him take on this this big task of becoming a player in the NHL at a very young age in bite-sized pieces. Don't shove the whole piece of pizza in his mouth. So we'll get a look at Leo Carlson. Uh, probably this afternoon as well for the Flyers and the Anaheim Ducks. For the Flyers, leading the way in points, it's Travis Konecny. He's off to a great start. Boy, does he look fantastic. Six goals, three assists, nine points in seven games. Got a power play goal, two shorthanded goals. He's playing over 16 minutes of ice time. He's a plus two. I mean, I don't know what more you could say about Travis Konecny and the way he has started out this year. He's just been excellent for the Flyers. A great snipe in the last game to open the scoring and uh, he's a player that they're going to look to for offense and, you know, slightly easier offense from time to time. A guy that can do what he did against Minnesota, score off the rush. And, um, you know, he, he's just such a dynamic player at this point in his career and off to a great start, really picking up where he left off last season. The other Travis is one that's maybe shocking a lot of people. I know John Tortorella yesterday in his media availability had some pretty high praise for Travis Sanheim. And those two last year seemingly couldn't get on the same page fully. It was a tough year for Travis Sanheim. Um, It was a down year for Travis Sanheim. A lot of pressure with the new contract that kicked in this summer and the new trade clause. You heard his name out there, obviously, in trade speculation. And all he's done is come in and control everything he can control. He can't control all the stuff that was out there. He can't control last year. It's all in the rear view. And it's a very mature move to come in this year and just – Control what you can control, and he has done exactly that. In seven games played so far, Travis Sanheim has eight points. He's got a goal and seven assists. He's been a catalyst creating offense from the blue line. He's been a catalyst defending, and I think, really, he's been great in the neutral zone, attacking plays in the neutral zone. I was talking to somebody last night at my son's hockey game, and there's obviously more strength there in his upper body, but he seems... More aggressive and more decisive. Making the decision to attack a player when he's vulnerable instead of kind of half making that decision. You see that decisiveness in his aggressiveness, if that makes sense. And it's paying huge dividends. I mean, right now, if you look in the NHL at the leaders in average time on ice amongst players, at the very top of the list is Travis Sanheim. He's also moving to the right side. As a left-shot player. Played a lot of right side in junior. Played a little right side in the NHL. But he's moving over to the right side here with the Flyers. He's averaging 26 minutes and 12 seconds of ice time. I mean, that's more than Drew Doughty, who seemingly never comes off the ice. Doughty's over 26 minutes. Uh, you know, Mike Matheson's over 26 minutes. Seth Jones. You know, John Carlson. Miro Heiskinen. Travis Sanheim is leading the NHL in average time on ice. And he's also got the seven points so he is off to uh or eight points a phenomenal phenomenal start if you'd have told me last year travis sandheim will be leading the nhl in average time on ice i might go in, uh-oh but no he's having a great start to the season you know who else is cam atkinson and sean couture two players they didn't have last year each have played all seven games. Atkinson's got four goals, three assists, and seven points. Sean Couturier's got two point, or two goals uh, and four assists for six points, averaging over 19 minutes and 45 seconds of ice time. It's been a revelation. It's I, I'm frankly stunned at where the two players are right now, seven games in, because it didn't seem like there was any kind of original adrenaline and then a drop-off and then trying to get their game in order. Both came in. Very, very organized in their game. Uh, Joel Farabee also three goals and two assists. Had a beautiful assist to Bobby Brink in that last game on that rush attempt on the centering pass. Brink, obviously, the two goals. And we'll see really a guy to keep an eye on, I think, today is Owen Tippett. He scored his first goal this season when Cam Atkinson sprung him on that breakaway against Minnesota to give the Flyers a 4-2 lead. He's got a goal and three assists for four points. But Owen Tippett's a guy that, when he scores and kind of breaks out of a, a scoring slump, he could give you five in four games or six in six goals in, in five games. He's a very streaky scorer. And the thing about Owen Tippett is even though he hadn't scored before that Minnesota game, I just think he's been such a net positive player. The way he is driving offense, the way he's passing the puck, the way he is seeing the ice and and defending I mean, you could say that across the board, but, you know, Owen Tippett, sometimes you have guys on your team that you go, if they're not scoring, what's the point of them being in the lineup? That's not been the case with Owen Tippett. He is a scorer, but it's much better playmaker, I think, than we thought, uh, but also a player that can drive offense because of the gift he has of being such a big, strong, powerful skater. So keep an eye on Owen Tippett. We'll see if, you know, that goal gets him gets him going and gets him hot for a little period of time and start putting the puck in the net a little bit more. Uh, we'd all love to see that. So Flyers Anaheim today. Uh, I wanted to get into a DM that I got on Twitter in this episode. We have a little extra time. And I got this DM from Andy. I won't say his last name because I'm not sure if he wants it out there. Uh, but he sent me this the other day. This is uh, He sent me on uh, Thursday. He said, Jason, is there any way you can ask torts diplomatically – why bring up the vets instead of yinning and addard? To me, it's hypocritical to say we're going to play the kids and then bring up Victor Metti and Louis Belpedio. Do you agree? So I saw that question from Andy, and I, I said, okay, let me, let me think about this for a minute. Let me just kind of look into it. I mean, we've seen a game this year already. I remember talking about it on the pregame show where the Flyers dressed 10 players that were 24 and under. So they're playing a lot of young players. And here was my response to Andy. I said, I believe, I, th- I hadn't talked to Torts, but I believe the thinking is that they already have two young players on the blue line. And Cam York, who's 22, and Igor Zamula, who's 23, and both are pretty raw. Metty is a guy they want to see what they have in him because he's only 25. Uh, he's played 247 NHL games. And, you know, if they can get him straightened out, he could be either an asset that they keep or an asset that they turn into an asset and get something in return. Now, he was hurt a ton last year, which I said to Andy in my reply, he said, he only I only played 17 games. Um, he said, I'm sure Torrance also doesn't want to see four D-men in the lineup under 23 because of the effect that can have on the environment in the D-zone and for your goalies. Eventually, poor defensive zone structure and the environment for a goalie, it, it eventually brings the goalie to that level. Even if the goalie's playing great. Look at last year, for example. You know, the first 12 games of the season, the Flyers were 7-3-2. Carter Hart was unbelievable. In his first eight games, he went 6-0-2 and, and had a 946 save percentage. But eventually, that D-zone structure, the, the lack of good structure in the D-zone, the amount of shots and high quality chances, eventually that grabbed Carter and brought it right to that level with it. That'll happen to any goalie. There's nothing you can do about it. You can battle it for as long as you can, but eventually the the environment's going to win out and drag the goalie down to it. And that's what happened. So I imagine you don't want to put even more just kids in the lineup on the blue line, especially, which is the hardest position in hockey to, to get good at at the NHL level. And kind of break down your D-zone structure, and drag down your goalie will, along with it. And here's I, beyond that, I said to him, I said, he wants the team to play as many, quote, meaningful games as possible because evaluating players in the NHL based on meaningless games could be fool's gold. So you want to stay in the mix as long as you can. I don't know where this is going with the flash. I don't. They're off to a good start. I'm not ready to make some big proclamation that they're a wild card team or they're going to the playoffs or that their wheels are going to fall off and they're going to end up with the fourth worst record in the league. I'm not ready to make any proclamation on either way, but John Tortorella and I completely believe in this as well, wants his team to not only play meaningful entire games, games that are coming up that mean something coming in, but also not get behind in a game where that game, you know, the, the the last half of the game the last thirty minutes of game clock becomes meaningless because you're down five to one so you want you don't want to have a half a game where you can't put players in positions to evaluate them because the game becomes meaningless and everybody lets their foot off the gas that doesn't that doesn't help the evaluation process that doesn't help guys develop either As a matter of fact I think that is counterproductive I think that actually hurts guys because playing without pressure It's like, what's the point? You want to play when it means something. So I think that's kind of where the thinking was on that. That's my read on it, not based on talking to Torch or anything else. But you already got two young guys in that blue line. Putting four young guys on that blue line, that's a big ask. That's a tough, tough way to to go out there and try and, you know, limit the opposition. They're doing a really good job now. I think you have the good mix. You have to have young guys, and you have to have some veteran guys. Uh, you can't just put the kids in the lineup. But, Andy, I thank you for your message. And I want to get to another one, actually, too, because um, I love I love corresponding with you guys. So you can always DM me at Jason Mert on Twitter, J-A-S-O-N-M-Y-R-T. You can email me as well, Jason.Mertitis, M-Y-R-T-E-T-U-S, at gmail.com. Um, Fuzz sent me this. He said, He said, I just read the article by Greg Wyshynski on ESPN. Um, It was about the Flyers' new era of Orange. Uh, He said it was about the new era of Orange and how the Flyers are selling the rebuild. He said, I'm a Flyers fan from North Carolina. How do you think the fans and the city in Philadelphia are taking the rebuild? Um, At the time when I replied to Fuzz, I I hadn't read the article. I've read it since. Um, And my thought on that is this, and this is what I said to Fuzz. I think there are some fans—in my response, I called them educated because they agree with um, me—educated fans that understand how a proper rebuild works. But I also think there's a very vocal group that think a rebuild only works by tanking and playing kids. Like I said before in my response to Andy, they played tank kids— In a game, 24 and under. You know, you can't just play the kids. I think Emil Andre is best served to be with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. I do. I think that's the best place for him right now. I don't think he's ready to play every day at the NHL level. I'm glad that he got some games at the NHL level so he can take that to the Phantoms and know what it takes when he comes back up, hopefully for good. But... Some people just want the team to lose because they want the shiny toy at the very top of the draft. And as I went through in the episode the other day, you know, David Posternock's is one of the great players in the NHL, 25th overall. McAvoy, 14th overall. You know, you look all over. Braden Point, third round. Nikita Kucherov, late in the first round. You got all these players. good players that aren't at the very top of the draft. And that's how you, you cannot just lose. I think for the most part, the city is... Taking the rebuild very in in the the right manner, I think people aren't getting crazy with their expectations at least not yet, and I think that they're seeing that there there's probably more pieces here than we thought. You know, I always say it's never as bad as it as you think it is, and it's never as good as you think it is. It's probably somewhere in between. You're not as far off as you think you are, and you're maybe not as close sometimes. They have a lot of forward pieces. A lot of it depends on the blue line. Keith Jones has talked about it in some He said he's had in interviews he's done that they got to build that blue line. They got Bonk this year on the draft. He's still a few years away. He's up in London playing with the London Knights, having a good start to the season with Denver Barkie. Um, but you got to build that blue line because having the big, good, strong, deep blue line is the only way you make it through round after round in the playoffs. It's just a fact. That's just the fact of the equation. So they gotta, they have to build that part up. There's still work to be done. Yeah, you have some good young pieces, in Cam York, and and others. We'll see how Ronnie Adder continues to develop. Adam Yining, Emil Andre, and others, and Bonk obviously. And we'll see where they go. Obviously, next year's draft. You still have Michkov coming up front along with Cutter Gauthier, and some others. But you know, we'll see how the fans kind of go through the peaks and valleys of a rebuild. It's easy to be on board with the rebuild right now because the team's winning games, even though that makes some people miserable. So it's easy. There's not, you're not turning it on and seeing your team get blown out. So it's, you're satisfied at the moment, satiated. But we'll see how it plays out. Look, going up and down in sports, that's part of the game. That's part of it. Having the highs of sport and the low, that's what, that's what it's all about. That's why when you win something, it feels really good because you know what it's like to lose. So thanks to Fuzz as well for the DM. Great stuff from Fuzz and Andy. Great stuff from the Flyers and the Ducks coming up today. Well, will it be great stuff? Well, we'll talk about it tomorrow. We'll break it down. So everybody, enjoy the hockey today. We'll talk to you tomorrow on a brand new Flyers Daily.